Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Peace and love, everybody. This is Queen of Sea, the founder of the Mr. Donald organization. Once again, we are here in the classroom for the abuser side education. Um, to discuss um, those warning signs for men and women abusers. Um, and you may say, why, Queen? Why is this, you know, the abuser side? Like, what is this all about? It's about us getting educated on both sides of it because that's the only way that we will end domestic violence. You can't end domestic violence without the abuser side. You can't end domestic violence without the victim side. Okay, you got to have them both in order to end them. So you got to be educating both in order to end them because there's two people in a relationship. Okay, um, yes, one may pose a higher threat to the other, but it's still two people in a relationship. Um, and um, I don't know why you don't hear anything, Lori. Um, I'm here. Uh, so I don't know why you don't hear anything, but I want to... Um, I miss y'all. Back up, back up, back up. Hold on. Try to get somebody on the call. Um, I thought this new number was going to work that that um that they gave me, which is one six zero five five six two zero four 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 four. Um, but I don't know. I hope it works because that's the number that's being pushed out there on the flyer. Right, and Lori is having trouble getting on. So. I hope she gets on right away. Um, no, the new number is one six zero five five six two zero four 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 four. But apparently, um, it's not showing up or coming up when you call. So you just call the old number, which is one. 
832-7444. With the same code as 832 So try that. Okay, back to the message at hand. So talking about the abuse aside from the man's perspective, from the woman's perspective. Um, and, again, first up in the news is going to be our baby girl, Micaiah Wilson, who was shot Monday, I believe it was, uh, over Clay Turr's apartment. Um, some more details have came out about the case. They did find a car in which um, they used to have the shoot shootout. And also her mom has come forward and been talking and thanking the community for, um, you know, sending a message of hope out there to them, I mean, to her and her family, you know, about um, support. And we want justice for Micaiah Wilson. We want justice for Valisha Rillard. We want justice for all of our brothers and sisters, all of the moms and dads that are in agony over these cases that are unsolved. You know, brothers and sisters who bodies that we don't know where they are. Um, you know, we want justice because fast as the murders are happening, happening, fast as the caseload is piling up, and really none of the murders are getting solved. You know, and in the meanwhile, another sociopath or psychopath has gotten a dag on a gun, has gotten their hands onto a gun. And then somebody else died, you know. So um, <clears throat> we definitely want to make sure um, that our people can, um, or, you know, the, the parents that's hurting get an opportunity to heal, you know, because at least they could do is give the parents justice. You know, that's the least that could do. No, it don't take away your pain. It does not, you know, sober those feelings. It doesn't help you um, with the triggers of some pain like that. So you got to still go get therapy. Or parents, you got to connect yourself with a grief therapy group, which they're not really fluent in the D.C. area. And they need to be fast as these murders are happening. Hold on. Well, turn that radio down, please. Turn that radio down. That speaker. How do you turn the speaker down? Because it's too loud. Um. Radio. Sorry, guys. I had to get this young boy together. He's not listening to what I'm saying. Um, so we want justice for, you know, all of our families that's experiencing it. Leave him alone. Turn it down. Uh, all of our families that's experiencing this kind of, you know, these fast turnovers with murders. And like I said, Tuesday, some parents have lost you know, two children, three children, you know, so it's just getting ridiculous. It's out of control. 
And you're not going to tell me that it's just senseless gun violence. It's not. It's trauma picking up the gun and using them to resolve the trauma that they had, you know, because we don't talk about things. We keep things in. And the longer you keep that stuff in, it festers. It grows, you know. And so we got to be willing to find healthier ways to address our pain and trauma and frustration and agony. We got to be willing to address that in a way that um, we got to be willing to address that in a way where it's getting resolved as opposed to unresolved trauma. You know, people resulting to guns to solve the agony, pain, and frustration that they feel inside. And I believe this problem is worldwide, but it's definitely happening where we are, which is the DMV, okay? And between D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, D.C. has been off the chain when it comes to gun violence, okay? Um, And, of course, we know that uh, domestic violence is one of those core issues as well because, again, um, girls and boys, men and women have unresolved trauma that is associated with their household that must be fixed or must be processed in order for um, that person to, to feel whole you know, and feel like they can address their conflict and it's okay, as opposed to keeping everything inside and shutting down. Nothing gets resolved like that. It just festers, it grows, and then it explodes. And so innocent people end up getting hurt behind that, behind um, these trauma gun holders. So that's the highlight of the day with uh, Micaiah Wilson's case. Of course, her visual will be this Saturday, July 21st, 2018, at 8 p.m. I believe they're doing it over 53rd Street, uh, Northeast. I believe that's where they're hosting it at. Trying to get you 53rd Street, 321, 53rd Street South. I'm sorry, 53rd Street Northeast will be where the candlelight vigil is being hosted for uh, our baby girl, Makaya, Kaya Wilson, 10 years old, killed, shot and killed, gunned down um, at no cost of her own. Just in Clayter's, you know, doing what children do outside over there. And, you know, bullets came her way, and a couple of other people were shot as well. So we definitely uh, do not approve. We want justice for this situation right here, for this attack. You know, to me, that was a terrorist attack on, on, on this baby girl here. To me, the way they jumped out that car, them sociopaths and psychopaths jumped out of that car, they was on some terrorist attack type. Okay? So... That's called, to me, that's a domestic terrorist attack, to me. You know, that's exactly 
what it looked like to me if you watched that video. You know, these guys look out, jumped out of the car like they was going to war. And you going to war with little babies. And here our baby girl, Makaya, get hit and some other youth or young adults get hit as well. You know, that ain't cool. That ain't cool. Why are you attacking a neighborhood full of children like you in war? Like you at war. Like you on a battlefield. You know, trying to save America. That's what it looked like to me. It was a domestic terrorist attack, as far as I'm concerned. Okay? On a ten year old girl. Now you now you go to the bank and cash that student. Y'all go to the bank and cash that right there. Cause that's legit. That's too legit to quit. And that's why we got to keep on going. Cause what I'm saying is too legit to quit. My theory, my analogy, my professional uh, advice or my professional suggestion is real. Yeah, even I can go along with what, I'm, what I saw in that video at this point. I don't have to wait for nobody to tell me what's going on at this point. We have a lot of mental illness going on, and they have the gun. And one thing is certain, two things for sure what we know. Guns don't pick up and use themselves. They don't pick up and pull a trigger by themselves. Somebody got to pull that trigger. Okay? And if you go back again, look at the video and see how they pulled it out on this baby girl here and pulled it out on on the community up there like they was at, at, at war. You know, come on now. Come on now, daggone right. D.C. police need to be all over this at all costs. It don't matter. Everybody stop what they doing and get this done right here because it's going to be another terrorist attack, domestic terrorist attack on another neighborhood. And, and some more innocent children going to die. Okay? And, you know, and if, the, if this is a grown folk issue, the children still don't have nothing to do with it. So why did she die? I mean... How you, the sociopaths don't care. <laughs> That's how they roll. The psychopaths don't care. Okay? We're talking about the warning signs of an abusive personality. You know, somebody demonstrating psychopathic behavior, that's a warning sign. And it is a chronic mental illness disorder with abnormal or violent social behavior. And, 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 and clearly the behavior of these young men was violent and abnormal social behavior, which means that you're not going to deal with the, with the trauma or the issue the way that you're supposed to deal with it. You're not going to deal with it the way you're supposed to deal with it. You're going to deal with it violently. You're going to deal with it in an abnormal way. And, and, and what, 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 you know, what the, what the criteria is is that we consider abnormal would be that uh, somebody who uh, 
results to violence. Results to violence. Somebody that results to domestic violence. You know, somebody that results to addiction due to an issue, you know, or due to a problem, or due to a situation, or due to a circumstance, or due to a storm. That particular person is addressing it in a way where it's abnormal and it's hurtful. See? And clearly what they did was abnormal and hurtful. Okay? And sociopath, psychopath ain't too much difference between the two. You know, they fear nothing. They don't fear anything. Um, they have very shallow emotions about stuff that we may take and look at it with compassion. They don't look at it that way. They show lack of emotion. You know, um, they don't show shame. They don't show guilt. They don't show embarrassment. Those are all things that they are not. Okay. Uh, of course, we know they're irresponsible. That's a tendency. If we go back and look at that, it, look at that video. What those guys did was completely irresponsible and calculated. Cold. Cold. You know, just cold. Selfish is another attribute of this the psychopath slash sociopath or sociopath slash psychopath. What that was a selfish act. You only thought about your own. You didn't think about the adverse effect that your behavior would have on somebody else. You only thought about your own anger, frustration, agony, pain, your own plan to sabotage, attack, obscure a domestic terrorist attack on children. See, because you 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 didn't you didn't target a specific adult. You were ta- you targeted everybody that was out there, and children were your target. Okay, so that's just a couple of the criteria for the psychopathic behavior. Okay, it's a chronic mental illness. It is something that uh, the average person cannot change. You know, I don't, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of women and men, they in relationship with psychopaths right now. You done made a psychopath your husband or your wife, you know. So you, you for real, for real, you got to take what happened to our baby sis and what has been happening. Very seriously. There's no way in the Relisha Rudd case that that psychopath should have walked out the camera with that baby, never to be seen again. And here we are, 10 or something years later, still trying to figure out where Relisha is at. No, we never going to find her. See, in, in the part that really got our brains, you know, really in the space, that's 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 concerned really 
is the fact that we saw him. See, our brain recorded that man walking out the camera with release. See? Now, we got other missing persons in our area. We do. We have a lot of missing boys and girls in our area. Very, the ages vary on all of them, you know, but many of us didn't see them walk out. You see what I mean? We didn't see them walk out the camera and disappear, never to be seen again. But we saw that with Alicia, and it's more personal. It's more personal for us because we saw that little girl walking. We saw her alive. We saw her appearing to be okay in that video. So nobody initially thought that this man would dump her wherever he so-called dumped her at and, and kill himself and leave us all struggling with where she's at. You see, only a psychopath could do something like that in that case. Only a psychopath could touch grounds like that in that case. You know, or not, or kill itself. Or kill itself and take all the information with them. Don't leave us not one drop of information behind concerning Relisha. No. So it's very hurtful uh, how, um, you know, how, how severe this mental illness is. And I think we have a lot of young boys and girls that are psychopaths, you know. Um, psychopaths are, again, like we said, irresponsible and impulsive. The act that was committed on, on Clay Terrace, it was impulsive. It was completely irresponsible. That's why a little girl is dead. That's why a little girl got shot and she's dead, and that's why the other people got shot, because it was impulsive, it was irresponsible, and they just don't get into the feelings of the people that would be affected by their own behavior, by their own violent and negligent behavior. You know. Um, so... Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind, okay? Do keep that in mind. If you're in group with me, brothers and sisters, you can go ahead and, you know, type your comments, questions there. Or I'm going to open the line, of course, and um, give everybody a space to share if they want to share. If not, we'll keep it pushing. But I think that these people... um, are total sociopaths, I'm sorry. I just can't put it no other way. I can't put it no other way. Uh, We got some folk here who want to be on a call who apparently cannot get on due to the the function of the other phone number that I gave out that's obviously not picking up. So I'm trying to help them get here because they want to be on. Um, so I'm trying to help them get here as well as, um, of course, talk about uh, our our highlight today, our terrible highlight with our little sister being killed like that. 
and 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 whoever these people are not having no remorse for not even they didn't even consider the children because their act was just completely impulsive. So um I definitely want you to uh to uh bear with it. And just think about that. Think on that. You know, what are your thoughts on it? How do you feel about it? You know, can you see it being psychopath behavior? Can you be see it being associated with um with uh with sociopath behavior? Can you see it being associated with? It? You know. If so, let me know. Trying to get him the correct number. I hope to go through so folks get on finish getting on the call with us. Um What's another one I was trying to think of? I was trying to think of, um, trying to think of, um, the number that I want to get in the call in. So I think I fixed it. I think I have it right. Name it, y'all. Trying to get students on. Trying to get students on. Trying to get students on, y'all. They coming to. They coming. They coming to me left and right, trying to get on. So I'm trying to get them on. Okay. There was. What are your thoughts on? You know my theory. Of it all. What are your thoughts of, of, of my theory? What was eight thousand? Send me things. It was eight thousand. What? Did somebody take it? Eight thousand. Someone that's going down to two thousand. Hold up. What you say? You say something? Okay, maybe not. So I mute the call. Okay, let me go back here to um. Facebook really quickly and, and, and give out the correct numbers for those of them who want to get on. They trying to get on but can't get on. That was my bad right there, Susan. Uh, I thought I was hitting on something when I uh, gave out that number. <laughs> but obviously I was not because students wasn't able to get on. They want to get on. Uh, this is something that we do every um, third Thursday of the month. We come in and do the abusive side education, the warning signs of an abusive personality. We come here and do that every Thursday of the month. We started off at 7.30 p.m. We're normally here to like 8.45. Uh, we stay in class uh, to learn and to get educated on um, the many tags of domestic violence, which is what we're going to move into now Um if you're just joining us, students, earlier we talked about, uh, you know, we was talking about Micaiah Wilson's uh, case. Uh, we was also talking about Relisha Rudd's case. And we also went over the uh, psychopath, sociopath behavior 
and how I think what happened to what happened up on Clay Terrace was a domestic terrorist attack. Uh, it was not just senseless gun violence. These boys, these young men, young boys, men, whatever, looked like when, again, if you saw the video, they looked like they were going to war. Okay, they looked like they was going to war with the guns that they had. Uh, and the way that they jumped out their car and the way that they attacked, uh, again, once again, we got to label that as impulsive and irresponsible behavior, which is one of the greatest um, uh, disturbances about sociopath behavior, you know, um, about psychopathic behavior, okay? So keep that in the forefront of your mind. You know, it, 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 and again, I mentioned to us earlier this week on Tuesday when I did the video that um, it's trauma picking up the guns. The guns do not pick themselves up and pull the trigger. Okay, and, and if you are a person that's in your right mind, right? If you in your right mind, then you ain't gonna pick up no gun and pull the trigger on nobody and jump out the car with, you know. Would look like to me some heavy hitter guns for a neighborhood of children, or really a neighborhood of children. Yes, we have some activity up there that is not good. We definitely do. We definitely do have activities up there that's not good. But still, even I know. And for those of us that are pretty much in D.C. and we know that whole Ben and Rose side over there, you done been to Clayters, you know that it be children all up in that circle. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying that is psychopathic behavior. That's exactly what it is. They were going in for the kill, and once again, they did not care who they hit. Okay, so that's my theory on that. You can go back and listen to the classroom because our classroom sessions, of course, is recorded because we got students who work late, you know, and they want an opportunity to get the education as well. Okay, you can remain anonymous on the call if you want, but I'm going to open up moving forward as we, um, you know, get a little deep into the warning signs of an abusive personality, which is important if we're going to end domestic violence. If we're going to end domestic violence, then I'm going to need all of us students to be educated on the abuser side. Uh, if we're going to position ourselves to be help to uh, victims or people that are victimized uh, in some of these domestic violence situations, then we still got to position ourselves to, to get educated on the abuser side. The abuser side, I think, is really what helps to keep victims alive, you know, because most time with victims, they think they can just get up and leave the relationship and start over in this, you know, and, 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 and that's not the case. You know, that's not the case. The case is, is that you don't get to do that. And if that abuser have, you know, been verbally abusing you, emotionally abusing you, financially abusing you, sexually abusing you, physically abusing you, and you stayed all this time. See, 
You can't just get up and leave. And that's not victim blaming. That's not victim blaming. That's not do the feminist stuff here. Get out your feminist mind. Because that ain't even what we're doing. We're doing education about the abuser side. And I'm telling you for a fact that it's not going to end unless we have the abuser side education. Period. Because victims are just going to think that they can just leave. No, and for the average victim, it don't work like that. That's not how the abuser side works. See, the abuser has so much control. See, and they know they do. They know they have it. Women and men abuse. Most of them know they have it, and they will use it against you. So we want to talk about um. Uh, I want to talk about blaming and shifting the problem as you know, the number one warning sign of an abusive personality uh, right now. Even though it's eleven of them that we discussed, I want to go into that one first, and I'm gonna follow up with um a few. Okay. I'm going to follow up with a few of them. Um, so when we talk about, you know, being, keep in mind too, students, as we're going over the warning signs of an abusive personality that the abuser can be anyone. The abuser wears many tags too. The abuser can be your mother, it could be your father, it could be your sister, it could be your brother, it could be your children. It could be a coworker. It could be somebody in the spiritual places that you attend. Uh, it could be a stranger, but it can't really be a stranger. It could be a stranger, but it can't really be a stranger. And that's because the brain knows that attacks will occur outside the home. But when attacks occur in the home, that's what sends the brain into a frenzy. That is when you better get the most help, okay, the most help when you're experiencing domestic violence with many tags in your household. See, that's what traumatizes the brain when it's going on in your house. But if you go outside and get an attack where the brain can understand that a lot better, even though it's, it's, it's hurtful and, it, and you're scared and you're, you know, the brain understands it a lot better than it coming from your household, which is your bloodline or, um, you know, it's, or, that, or that, that, that environment that you call home. See, because the, the, the brain know what the word home means. The brain know the word, the definition of home. The brain knows the definition of a home, and that is what it is expecting us to live in. But many of us, are, we have a home, but we're not living in a home. We're living in a cage, or, you know, we're living in a space where it's dangerous, and, and it's, it's coming from our household, the very same place where the brain lays down and go to rest at. You know, that's why for some some victims it's hard for you to sleep. You know, you toss and turn all night because the space is not safe, so the brain is not at rest. See, 
the brain is not at rest. Think about it. I, I mean, how I, I many of us have, you know, lost sleep? They, I saw where research said that domestic violence can start as early as 6 p.m. and last all the way to 6 a.m. in the morning. So who's sleeping when this stuff goes on? And if you do go to sleep, are you scared for your life when you do go to sleep, you know? So you got to factor in that the brain is recognizing it as a dangerous space, okay? So that could be, the abuser can be anyone. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, a specific person. We already, we always say that the mess don't have no profile. It don't have no profile. You know, we always say that. In every classroom session that we do, we know that it don't have a profile, okay? We know that it don't knock on your door and say, oh, I only want to talk to Queen of Feet. No, it affects everybody that's in that household. In a, in a, and let me tell you something else, is we have a tendency of wanting to um, measure the sin that's going on. Domestic violence don't measure no sin, Okay. Everybody is affected in that household. Men, women, teens, boys and girls, victims and abusers are affected by what is going on in that household, okay? So do we have that together, students? Don't try to put a limit on, oh, because my son is one, he wasn't affected by, he ain't going to remember it, he ain't going to be able to come in. But do your baby cry all night? Do your baby cry all night? You know, is it tension there with the baby? You know, because the babies are pure. They can sense things. It's not well. You know, and you may just think your baby got caught. But you ain't relating it to the negativity that's going on in the house. So you're not relating it to as being dangerous for your child. And that could be the reason why the child cries out. If some baby, soon as you, soon as they hear loud noise, they wake up and be up for a minute because of what is going on in the household. See, so you can't, you can't say, oh, you can't try to measure domestic violence and, and to make yourself feel better and to make yourself feel like, okay, well, my children wasn't really affected by. You know, that's not a good way, or that's the wrong way of thinking when it comes to an issue like this, okay? Because domestic violence don't think like that. It it does not work like that. It, It works like I come to destroy everybody in there, and I don't care how how old they are. That's how you had some babies end up dead. Some babies end up getting beat to death end up getting molested. Think about it. Were you molested? Men and women, teen boys and girls, think about it. Because you can't measure it. It can happen to any one of us that are living in that environment. Okay? 
That's what that's what the teacher wants you to know tonight. Okay, so abusers can be big, small, short, tall. We cannot we cannot put a, a profile to that. We cannot measure that and say it happened to this one, but yet it didn't happen to that. It may have affected them in two different ways, but domestic violence happened to everybody that's in there. Them many tags happened to everybody in there. Okay, but it may have affected you differently from your sister or your brother. Okay, now that is true, but even still, we're going to do treatment. I still got to ask you, where did it come from? That's still going to be a primary question for both for the brother, the sister, or the sister, sister that was affected differently, but still lived in that same household. See. Um, so I want to make sure I, I make sure I make that very clear that we cannot do that. That's not what that's that's not how you uh, treat domestic violence. Okay, and we're talking about treatment. You know, we're talking about solutions. We're talking about another perspective. You know, another way at looking at it. We're talking about adding in the abuser side education for women and men abusers. Lately, we've been seeing online where women have been giving their children up to be raped by men. Okay, so what is that behavior? That behavior is what? It's got to be psychopathic behavior because what we say the psychopath do? Psychopath doesn't have any remorse. All right, so make sure you keep that at the forefront of your mind. Um, let me get the warning sign up here. I want to go to, um, if you want to, if you want to text me your questions, you can at 202-821-8933. You may not want to say anything here in the classroom, uh, as well as if you're in group with me, you can text your questions there, post your comments there, uh, and I'm going to open up group, open up the classroom for any student that wants to chime in or ask a question. They can do that now. Make sure that you... um be clear that we still have to move forward. So keep your comments uh, kind of short, please. Uh, keep your questions direct so I can respond if you want to get your questions answered. Uh, is it any student that want to ask a question or comment? Go ahead and do that now. Does any student have a question or comment? Okay, if you don't, we'll move forward. Okay, let me go ahead and get to um, when we talk about second thing, the warning signs of an abusive personality for the male and female uh, perspective. We talking about the warning signs of an abusive personality, and I wanted to go with um. With uh, what did I say? Blaming and shifting the problem. That's what I want to do. Blaming and shifting the problem. But I'm having a problem myself over here trying to uh, 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 find what I need for the classroom. Y'all know how I go. I be trying to do the right thing, cause that's it. <laughs> I be trying to do the right thing. Like, come on, Dale. It ain't easy doing the right thing. But let me say something to you. The best thing you can do for yourself is be authentic with yourself, you know, and be real about 
what you're experiencing when it comes to domestic violence and or mental illness and or addiction problems. That's a lot of what we are experiencing here in the community of our household. You know, a lot of us are just on many things, and we're looking for many people to fill many voids, and we're accepting any kind of person, you know, to fill the void. And it just digs us deeper into an emotional hole. It does not help us to be better and be productive, you know, maybe like we want to be because we we're seeking love in, you know, the wrong spaces and places. And the abuser is doing that too. The victim is not the only one doing that. Abusers are seeking love in all the wrong spaces and places because they are lacking the self-love or and or that self um I guess I do want to say self-love or self-awareness too. You know, they lacking self-awareness awareness about themselves for whatever reason. Could be due to some severe trauma that have taken place because there is research that supports many abusers have been victimized themselves. And so now they are to the level where they act out aggressively you know, as opposed to being that victim again. That's why it's so crazy. You know, sometimes for me it's like so shaky because I, I hear victims say that, um, how I want to put it, I guess I hear victims say that um, that I would never be victimized again. You know, you hear victims say that, that would, I, would never be, I would never be a victim again. So my thing is then what you going to be, the abuser? You know, because <laughs> victims do turn abusers all the time now. I mean, we're going to keep it 100. Victims do turn to abusers all the time, okay? And that's the problem that we have. You know, everybody focusing on the victims, but you got to realize the abuser side man, is, is so critical in this conversation. The abuser side is so critical in this conversation. And if we're not having that conversation, then we're not having a domestic violence conversation, period. If we're not trying to identify and break the cycle of the abuser for ourselves, especially if you are the abuser or you notice abusive behaviors in yourself, come on now. We're going we to be at this thing forever. We're not going to get no growth. People not going to be getting healed like they need to be to, you know, get some type of grip on the behavior. People not going to get it. They're going to miss it because, um, you know, of stuff like this. So I wonder, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I share that with my brothers and sisters that uh, you do have the case where victims do turn abusers all the time. Okay, so I was trying to go into the warning signs of an abusive personality, which I am going to go to. So here we have it where, number one, blaming and shifting the problem. You are always at fault. One of the things that the abuser does is always blame the victim. You know, queen was victim and abuser. So one of the things that I did was always blame my victim. You know, I made sure that my victim felt bad, you know, um, 
And unfortunately, that's that's one of the ways that we can get in there and play with your self-esteem, play with your livelihood to get you to go to the second warning sign that I want to talk about, which is isolation, to get that victim to really start isolating themselves from themselves. I don't, the abuser don't need you to isolate yourself from nobody because you're going to do that. See, because once I start as the abuser, um, woman or man abuser, mom abuser, dad abuser, cousin abuser, intimate partner abuser, once I start getting into your head, into your mind, you see what I mean, and, and, and getting you to process the way I want you to process, you're going to automatically isolate yourself from your friends and because you're going to start feeling bad. And as long as you are isolated from you, the abuser can escalate the behavior. Not only another, um, uh, 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 what you want to call, what I want to call this, I don't want to call this, um, it's not a warning sign, it's just another tactic that, you know, where the abuser gets you to deny yourself from yourself. So that's when you had some victims say, I wasn't taking care of myself. Like, I just gave up on myself. I was just so tired of it. See, those are all of the things that the abuser want to hear because the abuser then knows that you're the problem. I'm not the problem. You're the problem. And, in fact, I know I'm the problem, but I've convinced you that you're the problem. See? It's all about the abuser convincing, convincing. Write that word down, brothers and sisters. That's a huge word when we talk about the abuser side. It's all about the abuser convincing <laughs> the victim, whether you are, once again, teen, dating, violence going on, intimate partner, family, domestic violence, all about convincing that victim that they are the problem, right? So, I mean, you hear victims say again, I'm sorry. They quick to jump that I'm sorry, and what can I do to change? That is the abuser convincing you that you're the problem. What is that for the, what is that for the abuser? It's bait for the abuser to escalate his or her behavior, okay? So as long as you're always isolating yourself from yourself, we making money, okay? So now with the abusers, so we covered, we covered blaming and shifting the problem. We blame you for everything. We blame you for not having a job, not keeping a job. We blame you for too many children. We blame you for the cars broke. We blame you for I didn't make the interview. We blame you for... You need to you need to get me a phone because you want to know where I'm at. Uh, we blame you for the fact that we broke the phone, and you still need to get me a phone because you need to know where I'm at. Uh, we blame you for the chicken being undercooked, and the chicken is cooked fine. But in your but today, because I want to make sure that you're still convinced that you're the problem. I'm going to tell you the chicken is undercooked, and you know you just sat there and cooked that chicken till it was black. Or I'm going to say the chicken overcooked. 
And then the victim will say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What, what do you want me to do? What, what else can I offer you? What else can I do, you know, in a man's words? What else can I do? Maybe I tried to, to cook it the right way you like it. Because we got men being victims of domestic violence, too. Your son. Our sons are in domestic violence relationships, and they are the victims. Okay? So we can't be biased in this conversation. We can't be feminist in this conversation. Because it wears many tags. It affects everybody at that dinner table. You are the problem that my life didn't turn out right. I shouldn't have never had you because you're the problem that my life never turned out right. See? Or you're going to be just like your busted-ass mother or father. See? And, and, And what the abuser is doing is convincing you that you are the problem. And that's 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 what abusers must do in order to keep you what? Isolated from you. Because as long as you're isolated from you, we make money. Okay? We make money. And how do we make money, Queen? Now you paying our way to everything, you know. Or I got you working and I'm telling you, you gotta turn your money into me. We got the mother and father abusers who do that, and then we got the children who abuse their mother and father. Take their money at all costs, lie to them, cheat them, get them to sign false documents, get them to sign um, credit cards, and get them to sign all kind of things. Because now since I've convinced you you're the problem and you believe me because you're isolating from your own self, now I can just go into your wallet and take whatever I want to take. In fact, one of my students is getting ready to do her monologue on that, where her uh, baby daddy would just go into her wallet and take her cash and take her card and do him. Oh, yeah, this is real. This is real. This is real. And if you do not know the abuser side, you will not have a successful escape. You see? It, it, nine times out of ten, it won't be successful. That's why we got a lot of victims that die. It's just by the grace of God. Queen of Feet made it out, and it's just by the grace of God. If you made it out, you made it out. Because had I would have had the abusive side education the way I have it now, I probably would not have became an abuser. But I needed to become an abuser so I could give you this information because nobody else not giving it to you. So it sort of kind of worked out for us, you know, and I really like to say for you, sort of kind of worked out for all of my students because you get another perspective of it all, you know, and it's not just a one-sided conversation. It never should have been just a one-sided conversation. Victims should not be the only ones breaking the cycle here. We need abusers to break the cycle too. Or else we're not breaking the cycle. We're not. That's why we have a lot of victims that end right back up in abusive relationships. Because they don't understand the abuser side. They don't know that side and how severe it really is. Or you have victims that have turned abusers. 
So now they need to get educated on both the victim side and the abuser side because you're both at this point. Okay, so I want to make sure I throw that out there. So now I'm able to convince you to, you know, to give, 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 give to me. And I call you when I'm hungry, and you might be all the way over across town somewhere, but I can get you on the phone to come and feed me and draw me some food off or pick me up and go get something. I can do all kind of things because I just stole your soul from you. And every time you try to take a little bit of your soul back, we know it. The abuser knows it. And we're going to get in there and we're going to make sure that we're convincing you that it's your fault. So you can stay in your pity party and continue to give me the desires of my heart, which is your money or your living space or your car or a baby, children any way that I can to suppress you so now you isolated from you and you're broke. You done signed your name on every piece of loan and I done done wrong by everything financially that you have ever done for me. And you still say, I'm going to make a way. Don't worry about it, baby. I'm going to make a way. Or you tell your mom abusing, your parent, your parent abuser, mom, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to work harder to pay you when they robbing you, (laughs) when you're getting robbed already. You know, because why you, why, why, how was you robbed already? Because I stole your soul. I stole your mind. You, you now who you was before you got into a relationship with me. You're not the same happy person unless, of course, you know we got a lot of victims who dressed up, messed up, but we talking about your inner. That means your soul belongs to me. Your mindset belongs to me. And everything about you belongs to me, including your assets and possessions belong to me. And you're actually handing them over to me because you don't want to be the problem. You don't want to be the problem. You don't you 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 don't want me to blame you. So you you sugarcoat and hush me up. See, trying to convince me that you're not the problem. See, so so convincing. Guess what? Goes both ways in this relationship here. We got the abuser convincing you that you are the problem. So we amp up our violent behavior towards you, and then. You, we got the victim here trying to convince the abuser that they not the problem, so they feeding us materialistic things, food, and any sex, anything else. Because the victim is trying to convince the abuser that I'm not the problem. There's a lot of convincing going on in this relationship. <laughs> a lot of toxic convincing going on in this relationship. Convincing is your mighty word here tonight. Some of us need to stop trying to convince our abusers that we're not the problem. Whether it's your mother abuser, your father abuser, your sister abuser, your brother abuser, your cousin abuser, uh, 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 your 
children abusing, the church abusing. Some of us got to stop trying to convince that we're the problem. And some of us got to stop letting the abuser convince us that we're the problem. Because, see, once you're convinced, you believe. It's a fine line between convincing and believing. See, once I've convinced you that you're the problem, you really do become the problem. And you really do believe that you're the problem because I'm constantly telling you that you're the problem, constantly telling you, oh, no, but you ain't getting no better. You still the same way. You ain't getting no better. And you working five jobs. (laughs) You hustling and working three jobs. I'm working one if I want to. If I want to, if I want to work, I work. If I don't want to work, I won't work. But you're going to work because I convince you that you're the problem and you convincing me that you're not the problem. And I absolutely want you to convince me that you're not the problem because I'm going to continue to say you're the problem so I can continue to reap the benefits of your soul, of your brain, of your body, of your mindset. I can continue to reap those benefits from you. You see what I mean? So we got to understand our positions here when it comes to this conversation. You know, um, I had to step out because them children are getting way, way too loud. Now I can't unmute nobody and let nobody talk. Y'all. I can't let nobody talk. I'm sorry, students, because um, it was just getting too loud and trying to stay focused. So my thing is this. We, when we're dealing with the abusive relationship, okay, um, and we're dealing with the victim side and we're dealing with the abuser side, we want to make sure that we understand how vast it really is, how vast the problem really is, how big it really is, how deep it really does run. Because, and I'll, and I'll tell you an example of that, it would be the childhood brain. So that's the 5 to 12-year-old child. Text me your questions. I can do that, 202-821-8933. You can text me your questions right now, and I'll answer them and respond uh, before we close the classroom out. Uh, go ahead and do that now. Uh, but that goes back to the childhood brain from 5 to 12 where children are actually convinced then that you're the problem, you know. And you may have heard your mother say you ain't or your father say you ain't nothing but a headache, you know, you ain't nothing but a problem, you ain't nothing but a little son of a blicker, blicker, blah, blah, you know. The abuser is, is, is blaming and shifting the problem on you. At a young age, you know, that's not something that a lot of us get older and experience. It, 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 it escalates. It does. It escalates. But it starts off, you know, young that we're convincing this particular child that they would never be nothing, you know, that uh, you're going to fail. And this is, remember now, this is coming from your household. This comes from that, your living environment, whatever, wherever, whatever your living quarters were, it's, it, it comes there that the blaming and the shifting starts. 
see. Because if the home environment, that dinner table was going to be accountable, then they would never say, you are the problem. See, if they're going to be accountable for their own adult behavior. But, see, if, you, if you've been victimized and somebody told you you was the problem and they convinced you that you were the problem, then, of course, you're going to start doing that to your own dinner table. You're going to start doing that to your own um, children. So convincing doesn't just start when we get into our adult relationship. It starts off young. That's why we're easily convinced that we're the problem when we do get into our adolescent relationships and when we do get into our um, adult intimate partner relationships because our household has already convinced us that we're nothing, we're dumb, we're stupid, you know. Um, households will convince us that you're sicker than what you are. You know, households have convinced us that we're a liar, we're a cheater, we're a thief. Households have convinced us that we're we're bad and we're too damn grown. See, you're too damn fast for your age. You know, the household have convinced us that, so we believe it. The fine line between convincing and believing. If I can convince you, I can sell you. See? If I can convince you, and you may have doubt running out your mind, good Lord, but because the seed was planted so young and it carried infested and grew, it was watered. The same way we water the, 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 the fruit of the spirit, somebody plant them seeds, the fruit of the spirit in you, Somebody is planting the the the, uh, the fruit of the wicked, <laughs> and I don't know if you can call that fruit, but you know what I mean. Somebody planting the the wicked seeds there too, and we water. They get watered too, and they grow, and they fester. You see, and that's why people, some people, some abusers say, I didn't even have a clue that that's what I was doing, and they may not have had a clue because. It started in the five to 12-year-old brain, see, that children are convinced, which means when I get to adolescence, I believe now. I believe that I'm the problem. Now. So I go to school. I act out. I get rough. I cuss everybody out because my household said that I was the problem, and now these people saying now they're getting watered. See, now it's getting watered in, in elementary school and in Middle school, the high school, man, you always at the school counselor, you know, you always at the nurse's office. and Now it's being watered. It's growing now. See, it's festering in you now. Okay? And so what do we got to do once to get to that level in the abuser? The abuser needs help. The abuser needs help, and Lord knows. We can't figure out really if it's a mental illness until we get the abuser in 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 a space, uh, in a space to begin to come out of denial. Same way, I got to get victims in a space to begin to come out of denial. The same thing with getting the victim and the abuser in a space to come out of denial about what has happened because. Remember now, you've been convinced 
So Queen have got to try to convince you that what you were convinced of was a lie or it was inappropriate behavior. It was negligent parenting, you know. And, you know, you, you can only buy a child with so many things, you know. But the soul, the soul of, a, of a child can't live off of that, you know. It needs to be rooted up in something. And a lot of our children are being rooted up in the wrong, in domestic violence. They're being rooted up in the wrong way, in domestic violence. So that's why by the time you, by the time, after you didn't deal with domestic violence in childhood brain, now you're dealing with it in the adolescent brain, now you're dealing with it in the devilhood brain. By the time you get to the devilhood brain, you just tired. Some victims say, abusers say, I'm just tired. What is going on? Now they ready for, for Queen of Fee to say, let me convince you that what happened to you may have been wrong or may have been inappropriate behavior, you know, because a lot, a, lot a lot of us have been raised up under the sound of an abuser, okay? <laughs> a lot of us have, you know, a lot of us have. Uh, and, and, but do we know, you know, how fluent it is when we're young like that and in our adolescent brain and stuff? No, we just think, oh, we've been doing this for years. That, that's, how, that's, that's how we... That's how we've been taught to, 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 oh, let me go back. Let me go back because we're using the word convinced today. That's how we've been convinced that, oh, this is what we do in our family. This just, you know, this is what's been going on in my family for, oh, I've been this way all my life. I've been this way for years. You've been that way because you was convinced at an early age that you were the problem. You was the problem. And, and, and you and your soul, the minute you start believing that you was the problem, your soul is convinced. And so you start asking me as the abuser, well, what can I do to get better, to make things better? What can I, what can I do or say to make things better then? Instead of reading into the words of what the abuse is saying to you, the abuse is calling you all kind of dumb mother, so-and-so, son of a guns, and I, I wish you would, uh, I'll punch you in your face. And the abuse is making all kind of threats to you, and, and, you, and that stuff festers in you. It festers in you. You know, and so you can't, you know, you got to go back and do, you got to go back and do your timeline. When we talk about, you know, the warning signs of an abusive personality, we're talking about that victim behavior and that abuser's behavior. They really do have a lot in common at the end of the day. And one of, one of, one of, the, uh, the, um, one of the spaces that I have to go to as your teacher, I have to try to convince you that what has happened to you based off your timeline could have been or was inappropriate behavior. You know, I have to try to get you to point out who your abusers were or who your abuser is, you know, 
And you know me, I always say one abuse of five victims at one time. We're going to get ready to close out. Any questions or comments? Come on, now, text me. I know somebody got one question. Let me answer one question or comment. Somebody, text it to me, 202-821-8933. We're going to get ready to close out because I can't unmute you because I had to leave out because my children was getting too loud up in there. They had to come outside. Uh, So text me your questions or your comments, okay? But I want you guys, I want you students to take your timeline, you know, for a homework assignment. Take your timeline, 5 through 12, childhood brain, okay? Go back there, all right, and see who convinced you that you was the problem. Go back there and see who convinced you who you were the problem, right? And who helped water you being the problem, see? Because you got other family members who will follow up with what your household said. You see, you got other cousins and everybody else, aunties and uncles that will follow up that you dumb, you stupid, oh, she too black, she too yellow, you know, you, you, you the problem because your head too nappy and yours too fine, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at how that childhood abuser convinces us that we are the problem in the 5 to 12-year-old age range. Go back there. Challenge your brain. Challenge your brain and against the word convince. Because that's a mighty word. We put too much emphasis on manipulation, manipulation, manipulation. I convinced you. That's why victims can't just get up and walk away, because I convinced you that you were the problem. And not only that, I sold your soul in the midst of me convincing you that you are the problem. So now you believe that you are the problem, and you're willing to do whatever it takes to convince me to believe that you're not the problem. When I already know you're not the problem. The abuser already knows that you're not the problem. But you give everything to convince me that you're not the problem, which allows the abuser to know that I got you right where I need you to be. And leaving, that's not an option for a good little while. It's going to take somebody like Queen of Fee to get in your head and let you know that, uh, Hold on now, pump your brake. Something ain't right here. Something ain't right here with this five to twelve year old brain. And it's been going on for a long time. See, if you want to start for solutions, if you want to start to help yourself, go back there and process some things. You know, write down the who, what, when, where, why, and how, who convinced you that you were the problem. You know, write down the prop, write down what, write down the verbal abuse that they told you use the prop. Because that's the tag on it for real, the verbal abuse. Write down the emotional abuse. That's, that, them two tags go together, one and two. Tags one and two, verbal abuse and emotional abuse, them two tags go together. Write down, right up in there, who told you use the problem? Who caused that verbal abuse to you? Who caused that emotional abuse to you? Because those were the people that convinced you that you were the problem. 
that you were the problem. And when you wouldn't accept that you was the problem, they would beat you. They would physically beat you until you accepted that you were the problem. See? Until you accepted that you were to blame. Until you accepted, well, I should have never been born then. And the the, the parent abuse say, you're right. You shouldn't have never been born. See, now we agree with you because we convincing you that you are the problem. See, this thing goes deeper than what you think it do. That's why you need professional help. You cannot break this cycle really by yourself. You need someone on the outside looking in to help you break that cycle. And I'm going to tell you something, and God be my witness, you can go out there, like I said before, you can go out there and search it. Nobody's going to tell you the abuser side like Queen of Feet. Period. This is not going to happen. I'm exposing something here. I'm putting my life on the line by doing this, okay? So nobody ain't going to do that, okay? Check the record. When you do your homework, tell me, have that abuser fixed themselves? And they they offered you some sorries. I apologize. You know, I didn't know that I that my words was killing you. I didn't know that I was blaming you. I had no clue that I stole your soul. Tell me, are they offering you amends? Once you do your homework, once you do your homework, your research on that five to twelve year old brain. Tell me today, when you figure out who those abusers were, the, the verbal abuser, the emotional abuser, tell me, did they offer you anything today? Okay? Closure. Make amends. So how are they going to help you? How are they going to help you get better? Because they the problem. Really, they are the problem. How are they going to help you get better? They can't because they're not better because nobody addresses the abuser side because women think that I'm a single parent and I paid all the bills and I did it, did everything that I could to take care of these daggone children. I can say and do and treat them whichever way that I want to. And most times the woman is justified in it. But we don't see the woman as the abuser when she is the when most women, moms, are the abusers. They started off in the 5 to 12-year-old brain. They started off with little girls, and they started off with the little boys. Single parents. And if your daddy ain't there, and if your daddy ain't in the grave, but he ain't there, okay, or if your daddy went and started another family, okay, he's your abuser too. See, you got you got you got to stop being convinced that it ain't as bad as it it it, it, it seemed to be, and, and if I wasn't born, then they would be okay, or they would accept me, or maybe they would miss me so much. You got to stop letting the abuser convince you that you are the problem. Every time they do it, every time an abuser does that to you, they steal your soul, they isolate you. From you. All right, so we're getting ready to get out of here since nobody texts me. Uh, the warning signs of an abusive personality, what we learn here today. 
We learned about blaming and shifting the problem being a warning sign of an abusive personality. We learned about isolation being a warning sign of an abusive personality. We also learned about what? Convincing. Our word tonight, classroom word tonight is convincing. You were convinced that you were the problem all the time. You had many abusers come and water that seed. Okay. Uh, what's the last thing we learned? We learned the tags. We learned verbal and emotional abuse here tonight. We talked a little bit about financial abuse. But we learned about verbal and emotional because those are the top two tags that somebody got to use in order to blame you for the problem, shift the problems on you, and also convince you that you are the problem. See, They got to do that through verbal and emotional abuse. And once again, if you decide to rebel, then, of course, physical abuse can be implemented in that very quickly. It don't take nothing but a strangle for for the abuser to jump on you and strangle you or smack you or beat you. Beat you to convince you that you are the problem. And you screaming and hollering, I'm the problem, I'm the problem, I'm the problem. And once you start saying that, the abuser will slack up. Okay? So uh, I hope something has been said or done here tonight. My sisters and brothers, uh, we did record, so I can go ahead and put that out for those of us who are here. It will be on my wall, my Facebook wall. I do put it on Twitter. I put it on LinkedIn. I email it, um, and I also, of course, tweet it. All right, so it's everywhere. If somebody want to catch this abuser side education classroom, I do recommend that students go back and listen again and again and again and again because you didn't get everything tonight. And especially if you're not writing down, if you're not taking notes, then you didn't get everything. And don't you take notes. If you live with your abuser, don't you take no notes because you let the abuser start saying this, then all of us going to be in trouble. And that's what we're not trying to do. We trying everything that we do is in secret with this conversation because it can get, it can get us all hurt real bad. Okay. Um, uh, so, just make sure uh, that you try to go back and listen to it on a repeat, okay? Do that for yourself. Do that for yourself. I promise you got to get unconvinced that you are the problem. If you know somebody, if you know a victim or an abuser who, who, who in this, man, halt them and say, look, I want you to hear something real quick. I want you to hear something real, real quick. Can you do that? Ask me. Can you do that for me? Can you hear something real quick? You know, that I that you know some education. But it's good education for you. Right? Share. Because we never know who, who's searching for the help, but they scared. You know, they scared to come forth or they scared to really say they need it. It ain't nothing wrong with saying, Can I let you hear something good real quick? That's all. That's a simple yes or no. And then you know where they stand at. <laughs> okay? Okay. So, um, once again, I do thank you for chiming in, students. Tell somebody domestic violence what? With many tags. And go in peace and love. Thank you for chiming in, my brothers and sisters. Go in peace and love.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.